Hello and welcome to this free one of Trash Future. I'm going to keep it's talking so my free can one. one. Damn it. <laughs> I, the free one. It's the free one. <laughs> it's the free one. It is Milo Riley and Alice, and we are talking about a few things mm. today. Yeah. Uh, I've got a couple of couple of things that have come up in the news. I've been I love how you like open the podcast with a sort of table of contents like a staff meeting. I really appreciate mm. that. And then any other about a few things. Yeah. Uh, we're uh, we're going to talk about um, yeah. about someone who has been not refilling the coffee after they have completed <laughs> a pot. Mm. AOB and trashy trashy stands for any other bits. Yeah. Uh, nope. Yeah. No. Nope. Do we have any final bits? Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. We're doing no more bits. It's a bit-free podcast oh, now. Oh no! Why? Uh, I'm afraid there's been a we've buried Jerk Vanderclerk at sea. No bits, no pulp. <laughs> That's the trash teacher promise. No fat on this one at all. No, just uh, all dry analysis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Financial Times Alphaville podcast. I am. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, the, the, I feel like the animating energy that keeps this thing moving forward. Oh fuck! Do the Financial Times Alpha guys listen to this? Like, we're really <laughs> we love you guys. Is, is my One desire? Is my desire? <laughs> <laughs> it's Sigmaville now. They're rebranding. Yeah, yeah F, F, the FT Sigmaville is what Sephiroth reads when he wants to find out what to invest in. <laughs> Turns out it's always Shinra. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah. So we got a few things. Uh, got to talk about some news up front, mm. and then. We uh we spoke to two two guys uh in from Germany who are uh, working on two guys to two guys from Germany <clears throat> two guys from Germany two who brothers are, <laughs> who are involved in uh, making a reference to that show uh, two guys <laughs> uh, who are involved in the unionization of gorillas one of these mm. ten minute or less uh, horror or grocery yeah, not, delivery not apps. the animal not the primate no they're not oh, trying no, to no. unionize gorillas no. this isn't a harambe yeah. bit from five no. years ago yeah, yeah, really no. get the strong. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, more or less. Yeah, it, it would be fun if you were able to mobilize gorillas to help you gain working condition improvements from yeah, your employer. Coco the gorilla would be a fantastic aid to any strike. Yeah. Well, no, it's uh, mm. it's it's called the AMC. Uh, it's called the AMC. You can buy it on Robinhood. Uh, uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, speaking of oh, of uh, dumb financial shit, before we get into that, uh, I've got a pr I've got a price update on the most expensive NFT oh. ever sold. If you remember, it went for approximately seventy million. Uh, it was by the digital artist Beeple. Great, by great name. Yeah. I immediately like him just based on the name alone. So if you all remember, we talked about this a few months ago. Um, when it was sold, it was sold to this guy, Meta Kovan, who was like had an NFT fund or what? It was clearly uh, it, a, the guy's called what? Uh, you don't know. It's 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 internet shit. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. It's, I, I, so <laughs> the I, I've entire never been, podcast summarized. <laughs> Sorry, do I need a computer for this? Um, so the uh, basically, right? If you remember, the guy who bought it bought it for a huge amount of money mm -hmm. because he stands to earn a lot of money from NFTs being right. worth a lot. Basically, so it was kind of a bit of a shell Supply game. Demand, baby. It was a shell game on his behalf. Anyway, uh, wouldn't you know it? His token <laughs> connected to that fund is now uh, worthless. Huh. Amazing. It turns out that um, buying a JPEG for $70 million, or sorry, buying a link to a particular JPEG for $70 million, uh, not a good investment. Hmm, so you're telling me that the invisible hand has like reasserted itself and the laws 
of markets have yep. once again acted rationally. Uh, what I love about the invisible hand is it feels like someone else is doing it. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's the well. I think what happened with the whole NFT. I think we can look. I mean, look, buying and selling never stops. This may go back up again, and we'll look like rubes later. But for now. Um, the whole idea yeah, for now it's a good buy. Yeah. <laughs> that, if you want to make us investment advice, legally you should not buy it. Uh, legally, we've bought it. Yeah, well, uh, 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 people of color is that a thing? Uh, it is not. Uh, Invest, uh, invest, uh, investing heavily in TF Rube on yeah. the Nasdaq. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Rubecoin. Uh, yeah, Rubecoin. Uh, it's uh, it's it's the the, the Russian the Rubicoin. Anyway, uh, so it just it feels as though essentially yeah, with the the economy tried to sit on its hand. Mm. On the invisible hand, so it would feel like it was someone else. Turns out, uh, mm. feeling does come back eventually, and uh. Uh, the thing is, it's now nothing. Wait, do you mean I am doing this? Oh no, <laughs> that's gross. I'm uh, a guy. This has been made worthless. <laughs> what, I'm gay now? <laughs> Ach nein. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I feel like. <laughs> Hello, it's it's me. It uh. <laughs> Okay, I'll wait. Yo- fine. Yeah, just fine. Finish the bet. Finish the bet. Uh huh. That's fine. Johan, Johan van Nob. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Van Nob. NFT department. Uh huh. A very new. De- I mean, because I think Beanie yeah. Babies lasted longer than this. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah. I think Beanie Babies have retained more value long term than this. What's the most expensive Beanie Baby? That's my question. Yeah. Uh, well, mm. What's, what, what Beanie Baby has sold for the most amount of money? One of those ones that's full of cocaine. Well, there was Unique one that's Epstein themed Beanie yeah. Baby. Uh, Princess the Bear sold for half a mil. Which seems like quaint. Mm. There were there were just crypto punks, like like sixteen bit images of guys. It's just a sixteen bit image of a person mm. um, that would sold for well over the the most expensive beanie bait. I feel like what that that means like you if if, if the scams yeah. are going exponentially higher in value, mm. or at least sort of the, the stupid scams that fall apart right away, as opposed mm. to the other scams that end up getting sort of just kicked down the road by all the yeah, zombie the things credit. that are going to yeah. end up dynamizing our economy. Well, someone actually mentioned yeah. to me the other day, they brought up to me, if, if I remembered Crypto Kitties, and this is somebody who doesn't listen to CF, and I was like, fuck, we talked about that yeah. years ago, mm-hmm. prefiguring this yeah. whole thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, we, that's, we, we still have a couple, uh, because some fans gave them to us. Um, Are they now worth a fortune? No. Shit. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Immediately closing all of yeah. my Zoopla windows. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> it'll have to, I'll, I'll live to fight another day. Uh, 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 hello, is that the Bentley garage? Yeah, there's been an issue. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry, the JPEG of a cat just wasn't your, worth what I thought it was. It's your cousin Marvin, Marvin Bentley. <laughs> yeah, I have a yeah. great idea for a car. Marvin Bentley, plausible England footballer name. Yeah, well, like, from the 70s. True. Like left wing. No, yeah. like uh, mid mid 2000s, like kind of like a, like sub, got like four caps. Mm-hmm. Was playing for like Aston Villa. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's like there's like Came a on photo against Croatia like, in a second half one. Yeah, there's a photo of like Marvin Bentley hugging David Seaman after penalties. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh, well, yeah. Came on to immediately miss a penalty. Uh, oh, <laughs> <no>. Yes. <laughs> mm. Well, uh, Marvin Bentley. No criticism on players who've come on and immediately miss penalties. Some yeah. of them are very nice boys who we yeah. like very much. Yeah, yeah. but in, it is in this just case, objectively quite funny to come yeah. on yeah. immediately in the yeah. in the ninety, well, the hundred twentieth minute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it, it was a group stage game. I believe England would yeah. have been knocked out therein. Yeah, but yeah. Marvin Marvin Bentley. Do, mm. Don't even remember him. Not a not a yeah, fantastic Ma- Marvin, failure. Ma- Marvin mm. Bentley. Uh, we went out to the last game played by Yugoslavia. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah, plausible. Yeah, uh, I'm going <laughs> out to D Reams. Things can only get better. England somehow going out to Kosovo before Kosovo even existed as a state. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but look, um, uh, there's one more thing I wanted to talk about before we uh, talk to the two guys uh, from Gorillas uh, or from the Gorillas Union. Mm, is it Marvin? Uh, it's Bentley? Marvin Bentley. Actually, has been selected as a. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm thinking we're. Yeah, a lot of Marvin Bentley content. (laughs) I think Marvin Bentley's here to stay, folks. Anyway, we spoke to Damon Albarn about uh, unionizing. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, so uh, welcome to '90s trash future, the by far the most cursed of our like trash Uh, future in the past. (laughs) Groovy, yeah. Uh, so are we? Are we all wearing Union Jack T-shirts? <laughs> oh, very much so. I'll, I'll, I guess, like, because when we, when stuff in America and Canada rebranded for the '90s, I'll give you an example. Mm. What happens is like they, I, and you can hear the amount of cocaine, right? That I'm about to, that's mm. involved in all of these decisions, right? Which is, mm. we're gonna bring back the Looney Tunes as slick, foul-mouthed uh, superheroes that have been redrawn for the '90s, and they're called the Lunatics. That's oh, right. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. We did that kind of thing. You guys over here did a different thing in the nineties, which was yeah. We did we did a, a deeply cursed cultural ritual known as Britpop yeah. or yeah. Cool Britannia. Mm, yeah, when you had the, the mini with the Union Jack on it. Yeah, you got it, it, there was a kind of like I mean, look, as as often as people in the in in the Labour Party, which we will talk about briefly in a moment, if only to gloat, talk of mm-hmm. no, no, Alice, don't worry, we're gloating. We're gloating. Um okay. <laughs> it, but as it's much, just gloat. It's only gloating. <laughs> as much as we're not going to talk about it in seriousness. You're becoming more like Jerry Seinfeld by the week. Yeah, that, that was that was a deliberate Seinfeld uh-huh. there. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's why can't I gloat? <laughs> you can gloat. You can gloat. <laughs> oh, oh, that's gloating. <laughs> I couldn't go out. Someone gloating in here. I couldn't go out with him. He was a gloater. Uh, we're going a little bit Trump there. Trump we're going a bit, to get those routers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they don't even want. There's so many fake votes, even without the routers. But if they would just give us those uh-huh. routers and what they would show, uh, because the thing is, the routers, about, folks. But Elaine has like. We're getting so distracted. Um, but the- <laughs> it's me, Julia Louis Dreyfus. I'm one of the sexiest women who's ever lived, and I'd like to see those routers. <laughs> If you seize if you seize Milo's router, do you know what it would be? It'd be a lot of searches for pictures of Julia Louis Dreyfus. That's what it would be. Well, so we're gonna we're gonna look into that router very strongly. Okay, Julia Louis. I say Julia Louis Dreyfus. I mean me, of course, because that is who I am. She That's ta- his voice. She has a Trumpy way of talking when she wants to like make a point. Yeah. A little mm. bit, a little bit. And now that now that you've said that, you've ruined Julia Louis Dreyfus for us, for all of us. The thing about George Costanza is he's pathetic. When I do an impression of Elaine, I'm always I'm always thinking of her saying he took it out, which you haven't gotten to yet in Masters of Our Domain, haven't you? No. Okay. We well, yeah, I guess I guess you will eventually. I never take it out personally. Yeah, keep it in. Yeah, keep it in. <laughs> yeah, keep it, keep in. it in. Mormon soap. <laughs> I'm always saying keep it in. Okay. Okay. Uh, but the, but <laughs> the I feel like the '90s hey, rebrand. Listen to Masters of Our Domain. <laughs> <laughs> if you think we've talked about Seinfeld too much on this show, listen to Masters of Our Domain, where we do not talk about Seinfeld. I, I'm just enjoying the experience of the listener who is presently going to Google Mormon soap. <laughs> oh, 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 that's that's a cursed thing. I explained that to a girl you in a dating a- app once, and she Why? was like, "What? What? Under what possible context?" <laughs> Remember immediately. Could you have been like, hey baby, want to try a Mormon soak? By the way, I have a podcast. <laughs> hey baby, want to try a Mormon soak? Hey, Greek's a powerful yeah. opener. Gre- Greek style love? No, thank you. I'm here for you. New Twitter style. bio. 
Yeah. Turkish style, yeah. though. Yeah. Um, but look, what I was saying... They call it Greek style, but it was invented in Turkey. What I was saying... <laughs> look, everyone loves the Greek Air Force. Yeah, in Turkey, in Turkey it's called a Turkish Jesus Christ, we're, gonna, we're actually going to damage the guerrillas' unionization effort. <laughs> <laughs> this is... <laughs> look, we all have rain madness. One guy sat in the corner of the union meeting just going, yogurt invented in Turkey. <laughs> okay. Wait, wait, you are dog people. <laughs> what I was saying, what I was saying <sighs> is that, uh, oopsie doopsie, uh, what, what, were, you, what were you saying? The right? out of money. Oh, that's a shame. Ah, that's a shame. Oh. They shouldn't have bought less If Turkey only they days. hadn't, like, Purged all of those members well, for no they, reason. I, I actually like a lot of people just left voluntarily. Like, if you look at because this has now been dragging on for a while, if you look at the groups that they prescribed, mm. most of those people had already left, they're just preventing them from rejoining. Mm. Um, uh, but now they're basically saying, Oopsie poopsie, we only have a month of money left, so we're gonna have to make a bunch of you all Thank redundant. It, it might have been a mistake for Keir Starmer to, to go on TV and say that labor unions were, uh, you know, scum. Uh-huh. And that he despised them, that he didn't want their money Strong. under any circumstances. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> perfect. I did, that, that's where you get closest yeah. to Partridge. Scum. Subhuman scum. Yeah. Uh, it's the, I mean, look, the thing is, I, I don't know. Look, they basically, what they've done is they've just brought in all of like, they've basically done an expendables of the, mm. of the just most. Uh, just some of the most wretched people in Britain. They brought everyone back from the nineties. Oh yeah, that, oh, fuck, Jim it's Davidson. fucking great, right? Because you're expected to know who these people are, and so you'll see a bunch of tweets from like Labour MPs and like some semi-friendly journalists being like, "Ah, oh, Giles Brunt is back. Serious worries for Johnson now. <laughs> oh, not Giles Brunt. Compet- competency, competency has returned to the room as Anthony Quim has re-entered Marvin the Labour Bentley party. Returns a shadow DCMS. Many <laughs> 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 You might remember from uh, Euro 2000. <laughs> so what? And it's like, no, these people only remember each yeah. other from jerking each other off at parties in Wait, the I 90s. I thought someone else was doing that. Not, no one else. Well, well, exactly. Nobody else knows yeah. who they are. But they're so concerned with their own like self satisfaction. They're very happy that like we've got all of these people back, and now we're going to take the fight yeah. to the Tories. Uh, what are the polls looking oh, like? Oh, fantastic! I think they should only be allowed to oh, bring good. back uh, deceased Labour MPs from the Blair era. Let's get Robin Cook. Let's get mm. Mo Molum. Let's get let's get a shadow cabinet that's been entirely necromanced. <laughs> Yeah, this, it's, I think it's, Peter Mandelson you can include in that are, for are, reasons of general vibe. Are you are you basically suggesting that you could replace certain elements of PMQs with like a knock seance? Yeah, I'd like that if they had like a yeah. Ouija board. Uh, 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 it's uh, Robin Cook has knocked three times to indicate that Boris Johnson is a boor without credibility. That's right. Keir Starmer convening with the spirits, yeah. like him in a big robe at PMQs. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, so holding hands with Boris Johnson around a candle. <laughs> And 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 they get the same friendly journalist just sort of crowing approvingly, like, "Ooh, he's got him on the ropes now. He's summoned the spirit of Keir Hardy." David Kelly, is that you? You were murdered by who? <laughs> PMQs is enough of a like obscene, like incomprehensible ritual that it may mm-hmm. as well be because every time you you actually watch the damn thing. If for some reason, because you have nothing better to do, you put it on like in the Corbyn years, right? You put it on, you'd see uh, Jeremy <gasps> Corbyn putting what seemed like quite quite reasonable and like Defending principled uh, objections 
to, to to government policy, and then you'd see like a bunch of guys who like write under big caricatures of mm. themselves in Sunday papers, going, "This was the worst PMQs ever. Corbyn must resign after this disgraceful performance." And then you 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 go back now and you watch this and you see Keir Starmer sort of like following sort of the same lines but worse. And yeah. you you look in those same papers, and the same people are going magisterial performance, serious questions mm. for Boris Johnson, and you're just like this is not this isn't real. This is fake. This is just a black box that like you extract the conclusion that mm. you want to get out. Yeah. Of. Well, the yeah. thing is for the for all of these like friendly journalists and all these people, and we've said this before, but it's always been about how it makes them feel, right? Mm. And and that's why yeah. the whole thing begins to take on the feel of a cargo cult. Where we're just saying, where we've got like, you know, the coconut headphones and we're building like the tower and we're saying, ooh, ooh, you know. I don't have yeah. any coconut headphones. Ooh, uh, the, Roger Gunch is back uh, and he certainly oh, yeah. is going to be <laughs> making waves as the head of communication and strategy. And again, it's one of these guys but because the thing is, right? Blairism like had an actual political project and was a response to the changes of the 1990s. Yeah. Right. It, it, it hmm. was. Yeah. yeah, put union flags on clothing. <laughs> yeah. And 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 like the thing is, those conditions have changed and the entire struggle Yeah, because yeah, it's not the cool. The entire anymore. struggle of I've just got had a call from Keir Stam. <laughs> He's told me the nineties are back and that I have to stop being a renowned cosmologist and go back to playing the keyboard in a band called D Reams. <laughs> but we we talk about it being a cargo cult because they're it's 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 sort of such cart before the horse reasoning. It's like, well, if we can, you know, there's there's several levels here, right? Level one is like, well, what you're just going to try to do the same stuff now with the same band, yeah. and we can just make it hmm. the '90s again. Yeah, like the tactics yeah. aren't working. But what if we brought the guys back? Yeah, maybe the guys will and, have some ideas. And and, and and like the thing is, if you were a social democratic party in the 1990s, you probably were, or e- vaguely, right? You probably were panicking because history has ended. The Soviet Union is gone. Uh, the the, Brit, the Union flag is fucking everywhere, and mm. everyone's loving, uh, grooving to the so- sounds of Blur. And yeah. the big and, house in the country, and, I mean, that's the, what everyone wants. The third way, the reason like it sort of emerged everywhere, all over the place at the same time, is that that was the that was kind of the way that you respond to that. Is you're like, well, okay, well, we accept all of this. We're just going to try to be nice about it, mm. and it works because you. It only works if you have a once in a generation charismatic politician. A, a, a Bill, a, 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 a fucking Obama that works if it's him. Um, and then obvious, and then the whole job, right? I think there's someone you're forgetting. <laughs> the whole job, the whole job <laughs> of the um, of these guys now, uh, they, they they succeeded in a time. They came of age in the '70s, right? And, oh, and well, the hang 80s. on, who came of age? <laughs> but these, if you come of age in the '70s and the mm. '80s, your experience is of uh, uh, is of humiliation and apology constantly, yeah. right? That's what you do because because mm. you you your story that gets accepted is that the union not not a global energy crisis, but the unions mm. basically brought the world to its knees by being like slightly too greedy and there being one too many libraries or whatever. Yeah, yeah but bodies yeah. being unburied, garbage yeah. piling mm. up in the streets. Uh, but if you actually, but there is a few things, right? And then, and then the the fix to that, the sort of financialization of everything that turns out mm. to just be like, yeah, like this Betty sort Redmayne. of yeah, tape and tape and gum, more yeah. or less, to patching everything over. Mm-hmm. It works for a while. It falls apart because it's a, a flashy, a flashy but ultimately low quality way to run a society. Yeah. And, but you, your whole experience is of that working, and your whole and the whole point is to pretend that two thousand eight never happened, and that and that you can just sort of 
you can keep responding to all of those other things. Wait, and- what happened in 2008? Mm-hmm. Anyway, one second. I've just got to check my Bear Stearns stock. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, if you think we've, and we, this is something I think is worth remembering. Actually, look, actually look at the crashes, the different mm. crashes and the sizes of the crashes in 79 yeah. and 2008. One mm. is not very big in comparison to the... Now, part of that is because the economy keeps growing and all of this. Like, it's not... You can't compare apples and apples. It's not apples and apples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the... It's not as though that disturbance... What if someone threw stones yeah. at those apples? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it would be a chart crime to be like, this number bigger than that number, therefore mm. this less bad. But, like, growth got back... It got back pretty quickly, just as it did after 2008. And the whole project of just trying to pretend that these things never happened and that these changes never occurred is one that, I mean, I'm, I'm very excited to see how it's going to do, mm. uh, especially now that we have, you know, um, um, Bertram Crump uh, back uh, as yeah. head of... Uh, they, they appointed the, the, their new I head of... I love Bertram Crump. Very, very buttery staircase. That one night. of the... They're, if you were, they're now actually even... They're even picking people who are proven losers, Right. Like, like Pro- of course, proven losers, of course, because pathetic. they're their proven losers. Yeah. They are the haters and losers. Yeah. It was, uh, and I remember them on nine eleven. Uh, if you remember, Harriet, <laughs> yeah, a very happy Thanksgiving. Harriet Harman's uh, old chief of staff has actually rejoined. Mm, if I yeah. remember Harriet Harman's old chief of what the fuck kind of loser do you take <laughs> me for that I would remember Harriet Harman's I barely yeah, remember I Harriet, say, even Harriet, Harriet Harman. Harman coming back wouldn't really be much <laughs> well, as a news it's, it's item. That, it's, if you remember her old chief of uh, chief of staff, well, I don't, when Harriet I do Harman not, was the I interim leader, remember. she commissioned a report on so her main recommendation was to commission a report on labor in government by a Tory. Oh fuck! <laughs> not not an interim leader. <laughs> but it was the idea was to commission a Tory to write the inter- the report on the performance of the Labour Party so they'd know what to apologize for. Oh, uh, <laughs> they're such rubes, losers. <laughs> Yeah. Rube coin, it's going up. Anyway, it is, it is really Rube coin. I, I'm, I'm very excited oh, to well, see them all. None in there. of these people in the Conservative Party could have an ideological axe to grind against we and the Labour Party, so we can trust them <laughs> to be independent arbiters over what we should and shouldn't apologise for. <laughs> and, I mean, like, just the, the final thing, right? Is all of this has culminated basically in, mm. uh, it, it essentially a, a, a organisation that is seems pretty broken uh, from the outside. That is basically mm-hmm. doing to its own staff. By the way, yeah. its staff, many of whom uh, may have gone to bat for this kind of outcome, let's say, yeah. uh, is giving all of its staff basically firing and rehiring them under insecure contracts, um, mm. and, uh, and essentially trying to you know completely downsize. Now, I think if you wanted to say um, re-engineer an organization uh, and retool it to your own ends. Uh, then create and just saying there's a financial crisis and we have to clean house is a great way to do that. So I don't take any of these people at their word. Uh, but mm. boy, is an organization I like to see flail. Uh, so proud we are mm. all of that. Incredible stuff. Anyway, yes, good. If we want to talk though about uh, some of what's actually going on uh, in actual efforts to improve actual working mm. conditions for actual workers, then I suggest we throw to ourselves in the past mm. uh, to speak to the guys unionizing gorillas. Yeah. Hey, everybody. 
everybody. We are just here for our segment where we are talking to Yasha and Fernando from the uh, two of the workers in Germany who are organizing uh, the Gorillas Food Delivery Company. Mm. Yasha, Fernando, how's it going? Yeah, pretty good. It's been yeah, a long day. Fine. But all good. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so, look, I mean, this is um, it's part of like a, I'd say a, a rising trend, right? Of gig economy workers who are who are who are unionizing, working together to try to take the fight up against the uh, frankly insane people who open a lot of these businesses. So, how have your experiences been so far uh, starting the union in Gorillas? It's been a long ride. We've been at it since like since early February. I joined the mm-hmm. uh, Gorillas end of January, so it's basically two weeks in, and uh, we started organizing there. Um, Hasn't been easy. There's been lots of ups and downs, but uh, in the last month, I'd say it's been a little bit too much ups for us. Mm-hmm. Like we weren't ready for all this attention that we started getting uh, about mm-hmm. a month ago. Um, it's it's been pretty crazy since then. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, just a little bit of background on this, right? Uh, Gorillas is one of several uh, companies that have all popped up kind of all at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, other similar companies, at least in the UK, are called Getter, Deja, Wheezy, Zap, Fancy. Well, okay, so at least yeah, two yeah, of yeah. these you've made up. <laughs> Fancy is the one that only delivers to Riley. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just the bounty of the sea. Yeah, that's, that's all right. they deliver. Yeah. It's only oysters. Uh, yeah, um, these are all all basically just you know, um, uh, rejected panels from 1960s Batman comic books. Yeah. Uh, very onomatopoeic companies. Biff Pow and Kablamo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm ordering some detergent from Biff. Yeah. Um, That's actually a plausible British yeah. detergent. Yeah. I hate that. Mm. And what all these companies have in common, they all were started very recently uh, and they all promise something like delivering you a full load of groceries Um. Food, yeah, delivering you a full yeah, load. Yeah, food, uh, detergent, soap, whatever you need mm. um, in 10 minutes. Uh, that seems to me uh, very far-fetched. How is that possible? I, sorry, I, I look to you guys, uh, Yasha and Fernando. How do they manage 10-minute delivery? Yasha, you want to answer? Yeah, please. No, go ahead. Well, to be honest, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that it's because we are working there and, and we are working really hard. Speakers mm-hmm. don't stop working. They are like going crazy with, with this sound when the new order comes and they mm-hmm. must feel the everything in less than one minute. Otherwise, they might be punished, at mm-hmm. least in my warehouse. Every week they have a meeting where they can tell you how fast you are when you are picking. And also mm-hmm. we must work under really, really, uh, a really, really big pressure because we only have 10 mm-hmm. minutes to deliver. And sometimes uh, the backpacks are really, really hard, uh, heavy. No? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And presumably that 10 minutes, does that include like the time it takes All to pick it. the stock as well? So as that's... Yeah, start to finish, you hit yeah. the button, you have your oysters or whatever in 10 minutes. Yeah, is that correct? Honestly, I, it's not really clear for us how the whole thing works. Uh, sometimes, like, I think it has come to our attention that actually what happens is that before the customer even does the payment, goes through with the payment, that the order is already ready. Because I think as the customer is choosing the products, the order is being prepared. That's mm. one theory. Yeah. But uh, now we don't really know. But the thing is also we should take into account that like these dark stores or as Gorillas prefers to call them warehouses, mm. which mm. is not really, it's not really a warehouse. I mean, 
Mm -hmm. It's like everything's really crammed together and uh, you use the the bathroom sink as the kitchen sink mm -hmm. and the toilet mm -hmm. as the bathroom sink or I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> it's all like they're all really like uh, they're um, like we don't really go far away from there. Like it's not like takeaway or something mm -hmm. where we deliver around the city. It's like where there's like a radius that keeps on expanding, unfortunately. Uh, mm -hmm. to which we deliver so like we know the area pretty well where we are and yeah, yeah that makes it possible especially like in where we work it's all downhill so it's pretty yeah. <laughs> it's downhill in both directions somehow yeah. so <laughs> thank goodness yeah we, we've kind of seen this before with food delivery where we've had like dark kitchens right mm. so this is like similar to that it's a it's a dark mm. grocery store right mm. well some are literally dark but yeah. oh, perfect. Even yeah. better. The Bergheim grocery store. Yeah. It's so, very European. So basically, right, I mean this 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 company, and this is just one of Gorillas is just one of these companies that has taken basically this business model, which is to, you know, um hyper exploit uh as we've been talking about, so just some of the ways, right? By making conditions poor, by making um the work sort of extremely pressed and and, and difficult and so on. Mm. They've used that. To drive a valuation now of over a billion dollars, and again, like they're sort of taking advantage of those trends where realist prime real estate in cities is becoming available, and mm. there are at least and it's, there are. Yeah, sorry, go ahead, Alice. It's it's so great that you could get like millions of dollars worth of funding off of the principle that well, if it takes one man an hour to dig a hole, then it'll take sixty men one minute to dig that hole. <laughs> <laughs> mm. um, that's right and 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 like this we sort of talked about this sort of coming right where this 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 kind of economy is that where it makes this labor invisible by putting a glossy app on it is basically just going to get more and more intense and one of the things you mm. guys have talked about right is one of the things that we think of uh, that you're thinking about is like well how does it work how does the logic work and like how have you guys as a gig union confronted the fact that like the app developer doesn't want you to know really how the app works i don't know like we don't really seem to care about how the app works mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. on an actual day-to-day -day basis like if you were if you'd happen to stumble upon one of these warehouses and would look inside you'd realize that the app is kind of like not that important that actually yeah. everything i mean if we didn't have an app and people were just calling in and saying hey i need this 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 it would all just like work the same way because Apart mm. from the ordering part, the like, there's literally no technology involved. Yeah, right, right. But yeah, without it's the a app, technology a of, company, yeah, because <laughs> it the app is so that all the venture cap guys go like, ooh, <laughs> cool, ooh, it's it's on the computer. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, it's another example of taking like of taking labor and tricking people or tricking like the end consumer into thinking it and, and the investor into being like, ooh, this is a high tech company. Mm. But it's like, no, it's the app is barely that important. It is. Yeah, literally about sort of having a flex, having this flexible, exploitable labor pool, and like mm. all of these buildings that no one knows. Hey, remember that restaurant you used to like? Sorry, it's yeah. a dark store now. Well, and in fact, that was a very Freudian slip, confusing yeah. the investor and the end consumer. Because as we know, <laughs> with these companies, the end consumer is the investor. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Because mm. I actually one of my one of my friends uh, works in tech, and so he's always abreast of like whatever the scam going is. And he knows that at the moment, all of these delivery grocery companies are giving you like 
60% off your first order. So yeah. he's been making like one order from each company and ordering like ludicrously expensive shit and has mm. been like living like a king. And I'm like, yeah, because this isn't this isn't a business about actually making money from customers. It's about a business about convincing investors to go like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that's um it's it's telling, right? That and I, I one of the well, that they're dumping money into subsidizing as big and frequent orders as they can and just turning to you guys and being like, well, I hope you love cycling, basically. Yeah. Would that is that is that sort of what you see as the case actually working there? I think that is the case that uh, I don't know. The CEO lives in Jupiter or something like that, and he thinks that <laughs> we are doing this because love, we love cycling. But at the end, we mm. just got this. This uh, is not even well, just a minimum wage, no. So mm. I don't know. Mm. It's crazy. Yeah. So uh, I think like. In the job description, it should be rather like not that like you just like cycling, but you like cycling with twenty kilograms on your back. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's what <laughs> they don't say. No? Yeah, yeah, because you're hard. It's about yeah. being like a, like an army guy. Yeah, they could actually actually they could you could get management consultants doing this in their spare time if you convince them that it was like a, a cool guy thing to do. Oh yeah, <laughs> like totally. in the blistering heat, twenty kilos on your back. <laughs> Are you tough enough? Yeah. So you're just basically it's a tough mother. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, a, that's it's, right, yeah. it's an obstacle run. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They're all they're just running, not even bikes. <laughs> now, so I mean, it's it, it's it's not difficult to see, right? Why under these mm. under these conditions, like workers are organizing i mean before we sort of go into like how gorillas has responded i just want to know like what are some of the things that the well what are, of the things that you're comfortable talking about publicly uh what are some of the things that we're trying to get i think it's quite easy we just want better working conditions that's all at the end we are not asking for anything crazy we just want better working conditions like um, a few weeks ago uh, at one of the protests that we had in front of the headquarters, that's like a regular issue that we have every single month. The, like people don't get their full pay. Like there's always money missing. And yeah, that's the most recurring issue that we have, but it's like interlaced with a lot of other issues. And like we came up with this demand list. We made an assembly there at the protest. Like there was like 50, 60 writers, pickers, Etc. And we came up with these like 19 demands. And when we show these demands to people who have like no idea about, like who are not on the inside or on the outside, like everyone's like, yeah, these are like really standard things. Like so, like we're saying that, like let like gorillas fulfill this demand so that we had, we could have like the minimum uh, bearable working conditions in the company. Um, yeah, there's nothing special like rain gear. Like it's an like we're employees. So we're not um, freelancers or anything here. They have to provide us all equipment, shoes. We learned that a few months ago. Like work phones. Um, I mean, we shouldn't have to like have some like drunk customers calling us the next day and like I don't know, like molesting us on the phone or something. This happens too. Um, like. People like sometimes there's discrepancies in the wages. Like some of us are getting 12 euros an hour who started earlier. The others who started more recently are getting 1050, like uh, sexual uh, harassment at the workplace, discrimination. Um, it goes on and on, actually. But all of these things are like really, really, really basic. And mm. it, it is really, it is, you're just, it's, you're basically saying, if I understand it right, you're saying we already have these rights. Yeah, please exactly. act accordingly. 
Yeah. yeah. It's something we've noticed a lot dealing with like uh, these kind of like app app based jobs where in, in this sense where you're like you're doing something was being ordered by a customer by like like Uber or delivering food or whatever it might be that essentially these cust- these uh, companies are performing a kind of trick where they're sort of circumventing all previous like labor regulation. And so you get these kind of like surreal things like when they were trying to force Uber to pay the minimum wage in London. They were like, we can't pay the minimum wage. That'll destroy our business. Like, yeah, but everyone else does. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, hang on. No, everyone else has been doing this for years. <laughs> and, and the thing is, right, uh, in, in order to try to keep... Because, the, well, there's a few peculiarities, right? One of them is that um, Germany, ha- Germany especially has like a weird like at the highest levels of mm. government and stuff has a weird insecurity about its tech sector not being very good which is mm. why like they allowed wirecard to get away with what they got away with for so long yeah uh and all this like because they were like no we, it's it, and so germany is like is going to be pretty red is generally without like actual pressure and a popular mm. movement i imagine would be pretty ready to look the other way because they'd be like oh gorillas it's our unicorn we lost Wirecard. We have gorillas now. We matter on the world stage as a tech as a tech hub. I mean, I I, I, don't, I don't know if, if you guys have sort of seen that end of it at all, but from looking at Germany, that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, I mean, like there's been a lot of startups popping up here in the last ten years, which which have just like built new cities mm-hmm. within the city. Like like mm-hmm. Zalando has like a university university sized campus right in the center, like in the mm-hmm. touristic area here right across from the wall or whatever's mm-hmm. left of the wall. But mm-hmm. honestly, like I'm personally kind of outside of this tech sector. I mean, I think you realized when I mm-hmm. couldn't get the earphones working for a while. <laughs> yeah. well, lots of them can't. Don't yeah. worry about that. Yeah. yeah. If you're if you're too in the tech sector, then you have a guy to get the earphones working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> one of the rules of working in tech is you have to be very stupid. Yeah, oh, that's one of the key yeah. things. <laughs> But um, so let's let's talk a little bit about how Gorillas has been responding, right? Um, they've done the usual PR bullshit, where the CEO, uh, a guy called uh, Kagan Sumer, uh, has just said, "Oh yeah, he just loves cycling, so he wanted to share cycling with others." That's so generous of him. Huh. That's cool. He just, he just wants to share cycling with others in a way that makes him personally a billionaire. Yeah. In a in a lot of ways, being a delivery rider is kind of like doing the Tour de France, but in a very condensed area. <laughs> and that's how you should think of it. Yeah, but, a um, woman hops out in front of you with a sign. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cool. It says, uh, uh, please bring me my wine. Mm. Um, and in response to the union, uh, they've said, again, like this is kind of goes back to the theme of what you were talking about, which is we're just demanding our literal, actual legal rights. Gorillas has said, well, we support the idea of a workers' council, such as employees' interests being rec- represented on the board, basically, right? And but we but we know like that's kind of bullshit, right? That's what they they need to say, no? Otherwise, they <laughs> would get in trouble. I mean, it's PR, pure PR. Yeah. Mm. Well, and also, isn't that a legal requirement in Germany to have worker representation on the board anyway? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, we we will obey the law. No, they would have worker representation on the board if they go public, like if they oh, do like okay. an IPO or something. Yeah. But yeah. like a workers' council is not exactly workers' representation on the board. It's mm. like mm. what Germany came up with um at the time and where they were like shifting towards corporatism mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. back like in the Weimar Republic, which is basically like an it's like kind of similar to what a union is, but the idea was actually to 
make unions irrelevant back in the day. Like a workers' council consists of workers in the company who are basically distancing themselves from like the workers. Like basically, they get like new uh, powers. They mm. have the right to information within the company. They have the right to um, implement some changes. And basically, like if they go to court, the company has to pay for the costs of both like their own legal costs and also those of the like the workers mm. council like the workers council doesn't really get like any budget or anything but like mm. anything they need the company has to like bring them like like put it like at their feet you know mm. it's um it's kind of a complicated legal thing that exists like in germany austria the netherlands too i yeah. think mm. but it's also like it's like um a watchdog over the company it has like some like they have for example like the ability, like the the legal right to um, mm. check schedules, like make sure the schedules are according to what mm. the workers want, or um, to enforce mm. a equal pay for the same work. But mm. it's there is no membership. Mm. There is mm. no like at the same time when Germany introduced workers' councils, they made uh, union membership an individual choice. Mm-hmm. so mm. it's kind of like two fronts here yeah you know? right. sort of like seeing off the pit the, because it's seeing off the potential power of the union realistically right so it's like yeah. it's and i i'd imagine right if gorilla if gorillas this company is already kind of trying to do that trick mm. where it says oh we're we're just a technology company we're just an app you know all, all we're so we're gonna kind of circumvent I'm obeying the, obeying the literal it's law my birthday right that are we are we saying the the workers council probably isn't enough to basically yeah. bring them to heel it sounds like having work prefects yeah. that's what it sounds like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but are, do you, do we think like the, the reason if i'm not sort of asking you this is are we going for a union instead of a workers council because we're thinking of oh, the workers council is not enough basically that's a hard question we're actually yeah. going for both yeah. where we consider the workers council being a tool to <laughs> organize people but at the same time like the workers council one thing that it lacks is like the right to call for strikes or something yeah. like right, along okay. those lines. So workers council does have some advantages. Like, like you can actually reach out to everyone working at gorillas mm-hmm. and, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of disadvantages too. But on that regard, I actually want to mention something else. Like the other Please. day, I think we saw, we watched like some sort of video, like there's this company called Lifrando. It's like the, uh, just eat whatever takeaway. I don't know what they're called in the UK, or mm-hmm. but I think you have them too. The orange people. Um, yes, just eat. I think yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. Like there was mm-hmm. like the company also like they got a workers council in a few cities back in the day, like a few years yeah. ago. Uh, but then and like they were putting, of course, like really good PR out and everything. But um, I think there was like some artist collective or something that called the company uh, pretending to be uh, a politician or like some minister of something and they like mm. they want to talk to the company and they're like and the company and the I think it was like some of the mm. management people like yeah we need to get rid of these workers councils yeah we need to get rid of the minimum wage to them and they put that out online so like it's for everyone to see yeah so, I mean there's two faces to the company after all mm. it, it's it's one of these things right where if the with the power of a union is the power comes from the union and the power that the worker has over the labor. If something is like enshrined in law that, well, this council has to be at this company and so on, that's power that's given to you from the state and it can be taken away. But you can't take away the union because that's literally the people who do the thing. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, 
so I I want to I want to uh, just sort of uh, talk about one more thing, uh, which is an email you guys would have received. <laughs> <laughs> An email from Kagan Sumer himself, the big man. Does it does it include the phrase "we're more of a family"? Uh, oh, it's oh, no, much it's, stranger than it's that. Way, oh, yeah, we, okay. we, th- this this segment comes in two pieces, right? The first piece, the reasons why uh, Gorillas is terrible, right? That's uh-huh. that's that's obvious. We've covered that. The second one is why it's also very weird. Yes, it's a, okay. D- this is it clearly it is a deeply yeah. strange man because it's, it's a company run by apes <laughs> sitting at typewriters. <laughs> That's right. They coded that app and then circumvented all. Why do you? Yeah, they call they, it Feel Good Incorporated. So, um, <laughs> so, saving that one for about twenty minutes. Right, he doesn't get that joke because it's about music with lyrics in it. <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't know about it. Yeah. Uh, so this is the email that was sent to uh, you guys uh, from uh, your boss. Uh, your CEO, Mr. Kagan-Sumer. Uh, I share one link. The title, Gorillas Falling into the Inexperience of CEO Kagan-Sumer. We all need to read this. We all need to reflect on this. It's a perfect example of what I tell you. Focus on attraction and not distraction. Uh-huh. Okay. So he is... All right. He is a... This uh, is quite like Alan Johnson so far. Yeah, he's... Um, all the secret. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, mm. it's basically... It's yeah, this, this It's much worse. Yeah. It gets worse as I go on. The funny thing is, they are correct on one point. I am inexperienced. I'm inexperienced to build something that has never been built before. And I love it. And I love to create the path together with you. So uh-huh. I feel like this, this, the first bit of this feels like it was written in a smoking area at like four in the morning. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, it's it's kind of like a, a pilled up cult leader. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would you like some of this Kool-Aid? <laughs> it was delivered here in 10 minutes. Uh, it says, there's a Turkish saying, if a tree gives apples, people throw stones to get the apples down. And now... I'm, I'm always saying this. <laughs> it's making a great point about I should never listen to the Turkish. In my opinion. <laughs> and now, me as a leader and we as a team need to be aware that we give apples. We give damn beautiful, tasty, organic apples. Well, now it's kind of, it's getting almost Trump. Like, or ooh. Cave Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the lemons. Mm. I mean, so when you were received, when you guys got this email, uh, this strange email that uh, later on says, um, if I know one thing in life, there are two elements of charisma. One is ghost and one is flame. How did you react? (laughs) (laughs) Either way, this guy's like pickup artist at the end. This guy has got the keys to the VIP. Yeah, he's he's the CEO. He's mystery from the pickup artist. (laughs) So, how how do you guys react to receiving this strange email? Well, um, I'm part of the Gorilla Rider Life crew as well, Uh and we were laughing all the time and thinking about the memes that we were producing with that uh, ghost and flame thing. Because I mean, it's it's a pickup artist thing, and we were like, we couldn't believe that it was this. I mean, he's the CEO of Gorillas talking about apples, then flame, then a ghost, and it doesn't make sense at all. So we were <laughs> laughing very loud that evening. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and you're right. He basically feels like it feels like some patter you learn on a forum that gets shut down by the government. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, I think the worst part about all of this is that, like, I think the only people that were excluded from receiving this email were writers. So like yeah, actually uh, the writers uh, did not even get that email. Like people from like other parts of the company were like showing it to us. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I guess he didn't feel safe sending it to us, but somehow it got to us anyways, you know, like that shows already something, you know, <laughs> it was too good to not be shared. No, 
He knew yeah. you'd make fun of him. Yeah. yeah. Well, he knew you'd get too powerful once you knew that ghost and flame trick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you might start throwing rocks at his apples. Yeah. <laughs> well, he actually explains this. He says, ghost is the ideal state when distraction comes along. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> no, you know what this is? This is the twins from the second Matrix movie. Yeah. It's like, I am a ghost. Yeah. I'm a ghost and I'm getting distracted, but it creates something else. It lights the flame inside. Flame is attraction. I hope you're all taking notes, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> ghost and Yo, flame. The flame is when I'm eating pussy. <laughs> um, flame, anyway. Flame is when you get into a room and you own the room. Flame is a relentless drive for attraction. Jeez, this is just pick up our shit. It sounds like the website of a gay club. <laughs> <laughs> Flame is dedication. Flame is personality. Actually, I take that back. It sounds like the copy of a swingers club. Yes, there that's it is. That's what it sounds like. Flame is personality. Ladies, 20 pounds. Yeah, men, 150 right. pounds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's not revenue or whatsoever, but it's about having a meaning and a purpose. Uh-huh. So now, team. Now, team. So he typed it in all caps. Join me. He typed it in all caps. I will point out, yeah, this is line break, so now team in all caps. <laughs> line mean, break. It, this this letter is so many things to so many people, but to me, it's also a bit like Charlie, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia trying to write. <laughs> Just, Next six months, we need to be flowing between the two states of charisma, ghost and flame. <laughs> Just, I'm always wow. flowing between ghost and flame state. Yeah, how is th- how is this real? I like I, I this happens to me a lot on this podcast, but I just we regularly we have to read things that have been written by people who have huge amounts of money, and you're reading them and being like, "Dude, what? <laughs> like, what did you want now? <laughs> like, is it, this a bit? Is this yeah. a Peter Serafinowicz well, sketch that escaped the containment it's like, field? I think I think one of the re- re- one of the many reasons that I think unionization of this sector is important is that these idiots cannot be allowed to control the economy. <laughs> Yeah, they you, must be stopped. If you write something like that, you shouldn't be able to own anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the thing is, if you take him to court, he's just going to get off on the grounds of being the stupidest man who has ever lived. And to be <laughs> fair, you'd have to hand it to the judge on that. <laughs> it's the perfect defense. Yeah. Uh, but um, uh, sort of noting that we're sort of coming up on, on the half hour here. Guys, before we end, I just want to ask, like, is there anything that people in Germany or in Europe or the world more <laughs> broadly can do to support gorillas? while you guys are unionizing? Yeah, um, well, <laughs> there's a lot of things can be done. I mean, you c- people could be p- putting pressure on the company, like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, uh, making sure, well, first of all, the main thing, the main thing everyone needs to do, look, like, I don't know how it is in London, but here, mm-hmm. like, the typical customer is someone who lives in the fifth floor without an elevator. Um <laughs> Sometimes even the sixth floor. We had one case. It was the 18th floor without an elevator. Oh and Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these people, like, they need to understand that we're carrying, like, a lot of weight that they should maybe, like, mm-hmm. come down halfway to meet us. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, no online tips. Please, mm-hmm. no online tips. Tip in cash. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, online tips, they come with a paycheck at the end of the month or mm-hmm. maybe not even. Sometimes we're not as lucky. Mm. Um, yeah, tipping in cash is key because also sometimes we've had experiences and we're trying to figure this out, but there's no way to figure it out. Like there's this thing we're assuming it's called tip theft, where mm. some algorithm malfunctions or someone makes sure that the algorithm malfunctions and people don't get their full online tips, mm-hmm. even like so people are like calculating, hey, 
How much did you give me? Two euros. Okay, good. I'm going to add it to my like Excel sheet or something because <laughs> like there's no way to trust this company with anything. Mm, yeah. And um, yeah, apart from that, something that can be done, which is uh, what can be pretty significant is, well, first of all, we have a Twitter account. We also have Gorilla's Rider Life on Instagram, which does really good memes. Yep. And yeah. Nicer for the public, at least. And mm. apart from that, we also have we also create a strike fund. Um, yeah, uh, there's a it's German Ebon and everything. It's really like German, but it's uh, it's working out. So we're gathering money. Like for example, whenever we do a strike, so that we can pay the workers their tips or something, or if like workers have like some legal needs or stuff that needs to be solved quickly, that we can so that we can manage it. So it's pretty good to contribute to that um and yeah put pressure on the company in any way you want to you know yeah. there's yeah. one thousand ways and i would prefer not to mention any single one of them yeah. i <laughs> mean bully them on twitter um, about the yeah. ghost flame thing yeah. I was say, yes, please email that man about the ghost and flame <laughs> thing and demand yeah. to explain it to you ask him why he's ripping off the movie hellrider tip him <laughs> over the edge um i think a hellrider that the nicholas cage one ghost you know rider one. ghost rider that's the one negative ghost rider the pattern <laughs> is full <laughs> Hellrider. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> a Riley Quinn movie. Look, I only know the things that I know. I don't know all the other stuff. That's why they call me Hellrider. Look, um, so we'll, we're going to include I've the got links. 10 minutes to get to hell. <laughs> Look, we're going to include all of those links. We're going to include the links to the meme pages. We're going to include the links to the yeah. strike fund. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll also include the Twitter and all this. But guys, uh, Asha Fernando, thank you very much for coming and talking to us about this today. It's very interesting. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It was so. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank cool. You so yeah, much. it was a pretty good laugh for us too. You know, like to get another perspective <laughs> on the Ghost and Flame thing, and <laughs> mostly the Ghost and Flame yeah. thing. Actually, <laughs> we're always happy to offer that. Yeah. We're always happy to talk Ghost anyway. and Flame. Anyway, I have to and go deliver an innocent smoothie to Pandemonium. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> Thanks, us from the past. Mm. What an what an enlightening mm. interview. Yeah, past mm. Alice. Yeah, sounded great. Yeah. I I think we all sound very handsome and beautiful. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. fine. But before we end, uh, I wanted to. I've been reading a little bit, doing oh. a little bit of reading. Whoa. Uh, Whoa. I've been, mm. I've been reading uh, the Gray Lady, as a matter of fact, ah. the Paper of Record. Ah. The uh, the uh, the magazine for Gilf enthusiasts. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. I've, been, I've been reading that magazine, uh, and wouldn't you know it. Maureen Dowd, uh, famous for um, basic uh, like going to Colorado, whiteying, and then demanding that uh, weed be made illegal again. Ah, yeah, she ate like a, a bunch of edibles to test out the concept of legal weed, and then had to lie down in a dark hotel room for two days, <laughs> and then came out of it to write the article. Yeah, we should yeah, be illegal. I, I took too much weed <laughs> chocolate last night because I first of all wanted to sleep, and also like I've watched all of the TV on all of the streaming services to the extent where all that was left was season two of Amazon Prime's Jack Ryan, and it's not good. Oh and I was God. like, I'm going to need to be you really are, stoned like, to get through this. Out of television. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's very bad. It's all about Venezuela. It's almost good. It's so bad. Mm-hmm. It's like it's, it's wrapping around into like the plot makes so little sense that it is kind of... Um, yeah, and then this morning... I was like still in a like hallucinatory state where like I dreamt that I'd woken up <laughs> and I was like doing shit and then I was like, well, I don't need to worry about these alarms then. And then I actually woke up and I was like, oh fuck. Yeah. Well, that yeah. was an illusion. 
Yet again, I've been foiled <laughs> by my own brain. Yeah. Anyway, Maureen Dowd, yeah. let's just say, is a columnist who frequently finds herself at the mercy of her own mind. Okay. Um, who has decided uh, to write a profile of Dara Khosr Shahi, who is the uh, new Uber mm. CEO. Okay. And yeah, the sensible cool one, the adult yeah. in the room after Travis Kalanick's Absolutely. Frat she, he, is, he is going through the company and he is picking up all the red cups and he is putting all of the uh, all of those goofuses in robot house on double secret probation. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, if, so this is this is kind of the like Khosr Shahi's own story as to why he's a good CEO for Uber. Now, purely from the perspective of is this a functional organization, you might say, well, if there was to be sort of an effective manager uh, here who was turning the company around and all this, probably uh, they wouldn't be experiencing record staff turnover at the moment, but they are. Huh. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, that's listen. He's not. He's not like he's different from the last guy, even though he's acting the same, <laughs> if not worse. Yeah, because like because he's old. He went to the beach that makes you old, and that means he's responsible. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's so right. basically right. Is uh, Dowd is interviewing Kazrashai and is basically you will see this is sort of like yo, you got me out. <laughs> I need to make double sure it should be illegal. Um, <laughs> it is it, essentially just what we're seeing is someone who's doing exactly what our columnists of the New York Times should do when talking to a titan of industry, which is yeah. completely buy everything they say at surface value and uh, fail to say engage any kind of critical fact. Because again, if they engaged a critical faculty when talking to Darkos Rashahi, they wouldn't be writing for the New York Times. No, right. of course not. No. Uh, so let's let's talk about it. Uh, I was just cutting into a juicy piece of steak that the chief executive of Uber, Dara Khosr Shahi, had grilled and plopped onto my plate when one of his eight-year-old twin plopped. boys... This is this writing is he so... He plopped turgy, it. He plopped it. Else. plopped it. The appetizing plop. plop of a bit of steak. Plop. Yeah. yeah. I, love, I love to eat food that's plopped. <sighs> yeah, that's um, right. When one of his eight-year-old twin boys asked me, who was your worst interview and who was your best? Uh, I I replied. And that, I think that the two boys said this in exact chorus. <laughs> oh, like in The Shining. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what his children are like. Who was your worst interview and who, who was, was your, your best? best? Uh, so I replied. Uh, Kevin Costner was one of my least favorite because he was at the height of his fame and acting very sniffy. Uh, and the idea of arrogant Kevin Costner yeah. is so funny to me. Like, Kevin Costner is like, I'm the hottest man alive, and this will never change. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tom Ford and Elon Musk were two of the most fun because I enjoy writing about operatic characters with out of this world proclivities. So right away, she's basically giving Whoa. she's giving away the game here, which is I mm. love jingling keys, jingle mm. keys in front of me, and I will write whatever you want. Yeah, I love I I love a wet yep. steak, mm. um, and I love I love being distracted. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mister, say what's that over there? Yeah, <laughs> Mister. <laughs> Is it a? Is it perhaps a very wet steak? Because that's the one thing that could interest yeah. me. No, sorry, I, I, I'm. I will not just eat anything that gets plopped onto my plate. Thank you very much. Oh no, no, it has to be. It has to be a fully like liquidized. It needs. Steak. It's true. So, uh, uh, Mr. Kazrashahi's wife, Sydney Shapiro, looked across the kitchen table at her husband with a sultry Lauren Bacall smile. These people are all so in love with their own writing. <sighs> to pick on a woman who's been dead for that long. No one's been sultry yeah. ever since then. No. Last sultry. No. And who is therefore most readily remembered as an extremely old woman? <laughs> like, that's yes. how I remember. And like that 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 makes that makes Dara Khosrowshahi Clark Gable? 
I yeah, guess. He's the Clark Gable of Uber. And also, by the way, like, just so you know, right, like, none of these, the conditions for drivers, for example, have not improved under Khosr Shahi. No. Um, his wife's a fucking oh, no. dime piece, apparently. <laughs> his, wife, so. his wife is it's as hot as this dead lady. <laughs> yeah. Um, his wife is a hot skeleton. Yeah, that's um, right. <laughs> hold on a second. What, what was his wife's name? Sarah Sydney Shapiro. Shapiro. Yeah. Sydney Shapiro. So, uh, and Shapiro's other hot sister. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna investigate you, this. You need to up your eccentricity, she said teasingly. His sixteen year old son jumped in. My dad's a uh, lizard person, he uh, said. Which is uh, oh, um, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I've been watching videos by this guy called David Ike, and yeah. apparently <laughs> But also like I think um the teenager said he'd found a random post on the internet about a conspiracy theory contending that his father, Queen Elizabeth, George W. Bush, and Bob Hope are all lizard people. So that is actually oh. what happened. Oh. But I Th- oh. That really needed an Oxford comma. His father, Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're, ju- they're reptilian aliens that can shapeshift and control the world. Just know that if you pour water on him, he will melt. So again, like uh, this is like, whoa, a, a crazy big, this big CEO has a normal family. This is the focus of what I'm talking about. My kids are being radicalized by anti-Semites too. (laughs) (laughs) If you pour water on him off of this steak he's been cooking. Yeah, that's right. So basically, right, he says, uh, Mr. Khosrowshahi is weirdly normal for Silicon Valley. He's not growing a Neanderthal beard, living off salt juice or some ring in outer space, but rather... Anytime somebody has this article written about them, like, oh, he's so normal, he's not weird... They are the weirdest motherfucker in the he world. Just likes and th- we're going to return to this in like 15 years' time uh, when some news emerges that makes this article very funny in hindsight. Mm. That's my wager. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, there's some stuff that comes up later in the article that makes it seem very weird to have this <laughs> when guy. When I first met this, met this guy, I had to ask him, what is a piss dungeon? <laughs> but also, like, it's, do you feel like. Like we almost like I think that happens as it happens in in truth because Silicon yeah. Valley is a very sort of poisonous place to live and work, right? You mm. ask so the people we've talked to are like left that culture who now yeah. even like like talking to like Jason uh, who was on last week's bonus episode about this. Yeah, uh, you know you it's you can tell it's very toxic, but even just the geographical place I've been there it's insane. But if you are a if you are a a mainstream sort of person who's trying to write about this stuff, yeah. right? If you are a Maureen Dowd then what you essentially see is you see the sort of pantomime villainy of Silicon Valley's individual meanness in the forms of Uber's frat bro culture or 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 like or the fact yeah they genuinely are like re- repugnantly like prejudiced in awful places I to don't work. have to pledge but, to get a job at Uber you see you see that but then you'll see someone who will come in and change mm. the aesthetics you just sort of you're looking at the other bit of the puppet show yeah. and you sort of you completely just, you know, um, uh, relinquish your critical faculties, and you say, "Well, mm. the good puppet won, thank yeah. God." Uh, and then you leave Praise the puppet the show having clapped like a moronic trained seal. Mm. Yeah, we have we have a good CEO yeah. now. Thank yeah. good, we had the, we got rid of the bad one who was the, who was bro, and we have the new one in who's dad. Yeah, well, the thing with Uber mm. is there were just a few bad apples, Daddy. <laughs> you know, and uh, uh, and, and right, and there is the they, this is this is a company that like. While while Khosrowshahi was in charge, currently, right now, as recently as this year, right, has um, not only been like has been sort of shown to be systematically underpaying Uber Eats like bicyclists and drivers mm. and stuff, but pressures Google to take down apps from their app store that show drivers if they're being systematically underpaid. Like, if you actually mm. care about the actual 
If you, the actual experience of the actual people working there, which again, if you write for the New York Times, you manifestly don't. Yeah. Uh, then you do not. You'll see right past the puppet show. But yeah. what what this article is all about is someone is someone basically going to a Punch and Judy show and then being like, well, those people are awfully small. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is someone who is going looking to a Punch and Judy show and canceling him for being as well. <laughs> this is this is uh, someone <laughs> sitting in Plato's cave complaining that the wrong shadow is winning. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, That's right. And so this is, this, this is, she says, taking on one of the worst cleanup jobs in the history of American capitalism at one of the most loathed companies. And refusing to do any of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he, yeah. You know, he came, he clean, yeah. That's how you do a cleanup job, is you show up, open the door, announce that you're there to clean it up, have an article written about how you're cleaning it up, and, um, yeah. yeah that's well, done. even just, like, the, the, literally even bothering to mention like a frat bro culture at uber or whatever just suggests that like well the most important thing about the way this big company which you know like thousands upon thousands of people work around the world for on like a kind of almost less than minimum wage basis is like the vibes of like the most well-paid mm. people who work there like what about this well, person being three hundred thousand dollars a year who someone was rude to them yeah. once because mm. of frat well, like this is the thing that they, they were only able to do those things because of their vibes yeah. right not because of any sort of economic reasons no. uh, it was because they were bros that they you know underpaid people what is a structure yeah uh <laughs> I, I i don't know it's 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 something that like frat bros jump off of I and think. yeah Right. The, th- the the thing is, right. It's I think it's important to mention, right, that like when the, like when when we talk about like like Kalanick and so on, like mm. they, like he was he he had like um there was there was a gra- it was a great deal of like sort of sexual harassment allegations mm. that flew around Uber and so on. But and and like it's again, it is is well and proper that he was ousted. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. the thing is yeah. bad. Yeah, of but course. The, what, like we we saw with Activision Blizzard about like what an absolutely toxic office culture can be like. Uh, but like at the same time, the um, a lot of the sort of objection to the frat bro culture was not that they were doing these terrible things, mm-hmm. but the, like it was like it was vulgar and it was demeaning because like what we should do instead is get an adult in who like allows those things to happen and allows all of the other sort of like uh less directly toxic mm. uh, exploitation to happen but in a mature way. I think there's a belief there's an implicit belief here as well right that the problems being faced by the people on the ground who are being systematically underpaid those are sort of separate entirely yeah. from the from the yeah. uh, from the problems of the culture there but mm. the I, I think these things are so intertwined with one another that like making the sort of making the shift away from from uh you know the the bro office to the dad office yeah. is 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 essentially is yeah it's it is putting up a, it it is ignoring the very real problem at the root of both of these things yeah well and it, and it also it ignores what's wrong with uber qua uber i mean the fact that like it's a, it, it has been a toxic work environment at times does not make it materially different from any other fucking company which is of no newsworthiness if you mm. see what i mean whereas like going like oh the only problem with uber this company that does all of these like incredibly evil things on a global scale is that like s- some guys did some sexual harassment one time mm. Which it acts to kind of make Uber just seem just like any other company where, you know, bad things sometimes happen. So he says, uh, mm. taking on one of the worst cleanup jobs in the history of American capitalism, which, again, you have to know, you have to know, you have to have, you have to be a prisoner of your own brain mm. to be like, yep, that was it. Not, you know, um, I'd say removing the, uh, the triangle shirtwaist fire. Never heard of it. Mm. It was it was Uber. 
at one of the most loathed companies, Mr. Khosrow Shah, he was like a dad that had come to mop up after the frat party, put away all the solo cups and get the vomit off the marble floor. Quite easy to get vomit mm-hmm. off a marble floor, actually. It's not a very porous No, it comes right surface. off. Yeah, just mop it. Um, Pretty straightforward. But also, uh, what, what dad's coming into a frat party to be like, well, time to clean up. Yeah, cool dad's. <laughs> cool dad's <laughs> coming to wipe the vomit off the floor of a, flat, of a frat party. That's so awesome. You just like wake up after the frat party. You don't even need to clean up because your dad's just done it all. <laughs> yeah, your dad's Wait. done it. <clears throat> so, yeah. Cool yeah. dad. This, is, this next f- sentence, though, is very I funny. I hope you boys had fun. This next sentence is very funny. He came into a nightmare, said Barry Diller, who juggling calls from his yacht, helped Barry him nab Diller. the job after the terrible board deadlocked between Jeffrey Immelt and Quibby's Meg Whitman. Uh-huh. She's everywhere. She's back. <laughs> She's, mm. she, you cannot fail we've got, enough. We've, we've, got, to, we've got to bring some maturity to this. What do we get? Uh, quibs. Yeah. yeah, we need some quibs. Yeah, we need the golden arm. We need to involve... Yeah. We need, uh, you know, there's Uber, Uber Black, and Uber Golden Arm. You get pulmonary gold disease. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. Um, I want a self-driving car, but it's the, the actually the car actually turns the wheel with a big golden arm. <laughs> but it's the, <laughs> the 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 simple fact of um, Meg Whitman being present at every ho- mm. is it is it for some reason is there a law in America that like Meg Whitman has to be considered for every position? She's like she's like the fucking Grim Reaper. She just like appears when shit's about <laughs> to go wrong. <laughs> Universal basic Meg. So, every company uh, gets <laughs> the possibility. So, Kazrashai's uh, vision for the company is of uh, is of broadening the delivery, being the sort of broadening the delivery of getting anything to anywhere mm. else. Okay. Saying, right now, I dream about pushing a button and getting a piano delivered to your home in an hour and a half. I think that'd be really cool. What? what? Are you a child? What? No, he's who? a dad. Why? With it. Who who would make that sort of a purchase? Who who would I need buy a piano a, immediately? Who would buy a piano on a whip? <laughs> like other than like a coked up Saudi prince? Like which you're limiting your market? Like who? What? Um. I also like it's the you, what he I think what he's trying to get at is like there are a bunch of a bunch of different uh, places that have like logistics arms he'd mm. like to be the logistics arm for everything logistics cool. as a service blah 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 right. but sort of cashing that out in terms of what if you get a piano really fast I want to see a guy on a moped delivering a piano. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love the idea that it was like I choose to take him at one hundred percent literally and he means only mm-hmm. pianos you yeah. could it's like the third thing you can get like a a, a car somewhere mm. you can get some food delivered or you can get a piano yeah, uber brahms yeah um so uh uber brahms so mm. now now he says this is so when also we know that the phrase post pandemic is kind of a meaningless one but yeah. everyone sort of seems to be seeing the world in that way so mm. let's do that with them so thinking post pandemic he says now that parts of the world are getting back to calling for rides again, and it will never, it will stay that way forever, um, yeah. they're suddenly way mm-hmm. more expensive, 40% more, and thanks to Uber, there are now far fewer taxis to take them. Whoops. Oops. 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 Uh, we destroyed the, we uh, destroyed the industry. We did not know how well, to, yeah. I'm, I, I'm sure the drivers are reaping the benefits of that. Well, in, uh, they're reaping the benefits in yeah. flexibility, you know? Yeah, and also I, I assume money. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, look, I, I was gonna check, but there's no, so. there's no app to check. Uh, there used to be an app to check that, but there's, it seems to be gone. Oh, um, no, we have to, we have to, assume based on vibes, and I assume that those vibes. Yeah, that's a dad vibe. Now, you know what? It's gonna be. It's Dar- 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 He has a dad vibe. He's gonna slip every driver a twenty in their birthday card. Yeah, 
Yeah, Sorry? he's going to, like, tousle the yeah. hair. Uh, yeah. Off you go. <laughs> ah, you little scamp. Go deliver a piano. <laughs> Run along. Um, so... Darakos Rashahi slips a piano into the boot of your Uber. <laughs> hey, no, no, no. Take, don't play it all at once. <laughs> uh, don't tell your mother about this. It's just a full, like, grand piano in there. <laughs> uh, so yeah, those Priuses have more spacious boots than people think. It says now that, but like, think about that, right? Like. There, we need a lot of more rides, but mm. this sort of attempt of monopolist came in, fucked up being a monopolist quite badly, destroyed mm. the rest of the industry, and didn't really fill the gap. Amazing. Um, it's not where we need to be right now, Mr. Khosra Shah, he conceded. Mm. And, and get an Uber there. And, right, um, and, and then this, this is the part, right, that really just absolutely fucking... This is the part where Dowd as just mm-hmm. being taken for the rube that she is um Mm. where uh uh, she basically says look dara i've read somewhere that your business is not viable long term without self-drive unless you can get cars to self-drive but that doesn't Mm. but like we've all realized that's probably i mean i maureen dowd think that's still happening because i'm a great a moron yeah but uh everyone else seems to think that's not going to happen people smarter than me which is everyone (laughs) have decided that it's not (laughs) doesn't uber have to charge a lot more for the rides or find some way to pay drivers even less isn't this fundamentally at odds with treating workers humanely which you seem to want to do Mr. Khosra Shah, he demurred, saying Proposition 20... Now, here's the thing. A, a journalist, I feel, should ask a follow-up question here, right? Or maybe yeah. a couple. Hmm. Uh, Mr. Khosra Shah... He, yeah. Or you, like, lunge at him over the table <laughs> with a knife, perhaps. Said that Proposition... Well, yeah, legally, 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 you, legally, you, you, you can't... Do not, not investment <laughs> right. Do not do that if you're a journalist. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Khosra Shah, he demurred, saying that Proposition 22, which we'll, of course, all remember, was basically the, like, uh, Uber doesn't like minimum wage. We don't care about... We don't care to pay it. So we're going to mm. basically um, fund a giant disinformation campaign aimed at the citizens of California to make basically have them agree that we can keep paying less than minimum wage. I when the government used to do that. It's a shame all this outsourcing. <laughs> so, uh, Proposition 22, that ballot measure in California that I just uh, talked about, never could have passed in the bluest of blue states unless a lot of drivers supported it. So, they like, actually, this situation. Yeah, mm. yeah this, is, this is good to yeah. them. It's like, look, come on. Logically, California is a blue state, right? So, like, obviously, nothing saying that we a giant... You can't, g- like influence an election. No, no, it couldn't possibly be. And obviously, like, Uber drivers are a substantial constituency in the state of California, so nothing gets by them. Yeah, and more more, more than that, though, um, that, well, I guess we have to conclude that uh, it won, uh, and elections are always the measure of uh, of what everyone wants. Every, yeah, yeah. Why do you hate democracy? Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he then went on to say, our system doesn't work for a certain percentage of drivers who can't figure it out and who can't understand how to make it work. I hate this guy so fucking much. Yeah. Hey, hey, how come? Stop underpaying yourself. Stop underpaying yourself. Stop underpaying yourself. Have you tried being smarter? Uh, I do think that for that percentage, and it's probably about 10% of your drivers, but when you're talking about 10% of a million drivers on the road, that's a lot of people who want to earn and our system isn't working properly for. I do think we have to build better safeguards for people who can't make our system work the way that they want it to work, or we're willing to work with regulators to have certain safeguards like minimum Not earnings. The system you're just employing yeah. them at your company, which you run for a profit. That's you're their boss. You're not providing them with a system they can use independently. If they're smart enough, you are their employer. Uh, well, the thing is, anytime it's like, you know what this sounds like to me. 
This sounds like someone who's trying to sell a superfood that you actually just sell to other people in a pyramid scheme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you're not like losing weight on these like nutritional milkshakes made primarily of cardboard because you're not like adhering to the yeah. system well. But also, it's it's when when a business venture is described as a system, right? And you're gonna mm. make, and it's not so much a, a a job as a lifestyle. Actually, that's always a pyramid scheme. It's always a scam. They're all someone is always treating you as a mark if they're saying, oh, it's not employment. It's the it's the, you know, a vigor system or whatever. They are trying to treat you like a mark. And again, New York Mm. Times journalists love to be treated as a mark. Um, And again, follow up questions for this. Nope. She's he's like, yeah, well, look, we may have astroturfed a a, um, a campaign to make it legal for us to pay less than minimum wage with if we didn't do this our business would be non-viable but because that astroturfing campaign works i can only assume that it was legitimately popular anyway uh, for everyone who doesn't like it uh, we'll do something for them and she was like let me ask about your family now <laughs> uh, so uh, uh so aren't these two kids just adorable the way they talk in sync like that <laughs> so um uh, in 1979, when Dara was nine, his family fled Iran to escape the revolution, leaving, wait for it, the fortune they'd made from their large pharmaceutical and cosmetics company. Ding, hey! ding, ding. The Ayatollah took my family's business. Wouldn't you know it? <laughs> anyway, they moved to an uncle's mansion in New York before getting a oh, condo. Nice. Imagine if an Ayatollah came here and took our podcast. Imagine how we would feel. Yeah, probably. We would have to move to our our uncle's mansion. (laughs) But then here's the crazy thing, right? He then was taken under the wing of a man named Herbert Allen Jr. And I'm sure for some listeners... Uh, Have you seen the documentary The Master? (laughs) So uh, Herbert Allen Jr., right... Is a guy who, um, like, again, if, if if you're one of the listeners who knows who that is, your third eye should be open at this point. Um, he's the guy who's behind, who's now in charge of a family, an extremely secretive investment bank that's entirely family run, so it's private, completely private, called Allen and Company, right? And they're mainly famous for running what are called the Sun Valley conferences, where like. Again, it's it's sort of like a, a Bilderberg group, but like a little bit south. You know, it's it's a uh, ah, okay. But they it, or um uh, uh, El Bilderberg Grupo Tropicana or uh, the the like where they they burn the owl. Uh uh uh. Bohemian it's, yeah, it's, Grove. it's basically like Bohemian Grove, but like with more sort of Sundance vibes. But the thing is, right? Mm-hmm. The other thing about Alan uh, is that um he he is so intelligence connected. Um. Uh huh. That's just called having friends and hanging no out with cool guys. No one dodgy has ever been connected with the intelligence community because they would find out if you yeah. were dodgy because they know they know stuff. Exactly. They've got access to you know your phones. It's it's called the intelligence community because it's just a bunch of guys who are smart. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And They're like really like, good at why scramble. Why would you want to hang out with smart so, guys? So for example, yeah. right? Um, uh, George Tenet uh, was a director at Allen and Co. Film, yeah, Tenet. from the film. He was yeah. a director. Yeah, friend of the he show. Was a, a, a director at Allen and Co. Um, uh, after he was uh, head of the CIA. And Mike Pompeo comes and speaks, uh, came and spoke at a Sun Valley conference a few years ago. Um, And also, it's interesting how this like small, secretive family run investment bank that doesn't have any of like the obvious resources of like a Goldman or whatever seems to find itself just in the earliest and most profitable funding rounds for some of the biggest tech companies in history, like Google or advising Facebook on its slam dunk multi-billion dollar acquisitions like Hmm. WhatsApp. If there there were a word, if there were a word, I wish there were a a phrase, you know, some kind of like expression you could use for somewhere where you could like 
uh, keep a lot of money that you would like silo off of your main money, some kind of like fund of some yeah, kind, yeah, like uh, like a um, snow fund, yeah, or a like fund. a maybe like yeah. a. a a, a liquid, a liquid, sna- a liquid stake. Yeah, exactly. I think that would be. I think that would be. We should invent that. Uh, but yeah, also mm. like interesting how it was uh, the scion of like um, you might say a uh, 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 <laughs> the, the scion of a major politically connected right wing wealthy Iranian family uh, mm. ends up being in charge of one of the biggest. Uh, forces that are uh, union busting having been uh, basically raised in part by a CIA connected investment banker. Um, I'm sorry. Are you really suggesting that the American intelligence community would have anything to do with Iran or like Iranian expatriates? Oh, I mean, because that's a little far fetched for me. No, uh, hang on. Sorry. I'm just getting an, uh, now it's going to be pretty embarrassing, but, uh, 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 I actually thought oh, he's standing right behind me, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> the entire yeah, CIA uh, right. are also on the yeah, call. Yeah. Alice, you're going to feel really stupid about this, but yeah. there's a guy in a balaclava with a silence pistol behind you, and he's heard everything <laughs> you've just said. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. Uh, anyway, what's the MEK? So uh, anyway, with, with leaving all that aside, right? Because it's just why is that a weird coincidence that all of those things happen together? Um, mm-hmm. the, the article concludes. It's it's crazy how we keep like uncovering things that like may or may not be linked to the intelligence community. Uh, disruption. Once the mantra of Silicon Valley has now become a dirty word. No, it hasn't. What are the ethical boundaries of disruption? I do think there's power in a name, Khosrow Shahi said. Our system is called mm-hmm. capitalism. It's designed to optimize the long term growth, growth of capital. When yeah, why don't we call it nice? Yeah, why not? When people wonder, well, aren't capital over, o- owners advantage over labor? It's not called laborism. But he mused that sometimes the system... Oh, fuck, dude, it's really not. It's not called laborism. Yeah. He's so To be smart. fair, there is something called laborism, and it also sucks as well, because it's related to the British <laughs> Labor Party. Um, but he mused that sometimes system works too well. I think capitalism has its claws... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's actually been too successful. He says, I think that capitalism has its claws in our democratic societies in ways that has allowed it to overly optimize for its benefit, said the man who was in charge overly. of astroturfing the Prop 22 campaign to get California voters. Overly yeah. optimized. Uh, this, is, this is incredible, yeah. too, because, like, look, it's a hack observation by this point. We've said it so many times. But, like, you can't optimize... Into a system which like destroys the planet, yeah. right? Like once that's happened, and once you've locked in that happening, you're making number go yeah. up is not in fact optimization. Yeah, for nobody, for nobody yeah, yeah, yeah. is that optimizing. Absolutely, nobody is being optimized mm. there. And again, the um the none of these none of these uh, 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 sort of um, musings are, seem at all discontinuous to New York Times because stuff like, no. because all of these things, because for, for the New York Times to be the New York Times, everything has to sit in its little boxes and, yep. and all of it sort of has to be separate little things and everything is about what it looks like on the surface. Yeah, that's right. And if you ask a follow-up question, then uh, maybe you should go, I don't know, maybe you should go work for the New Republic or whatever because yeah, you yep. don't belong here. Right, that's the trash <laughs> um, policy. Yeah. Anyway, um, everything so, is as it seems, listener. So that was anyway. Mm. That was Maureen. I've noticed we've been going for a while. Uh, mm. That was Maureen Dowd um, right. writing this fantastically brain dead puff piece on Dara right. Khosrowshahi. Thank you, um, Maureen. So we enjoyed it. Thank you very much for that piece of writing. I loved to read mm. and think about it. Anyway, uh, I think that's about it for today for us. So don't it forget is. to check us out on the bonus episode. Uh, five bucks a month. You get a second episode every week. 
please. Mm. We need we need you to optimize yeah. our system. Can you yeah. optimize our system? Yeah, quickly. Come in and optimize us. Yeah, can uh, you just quickly optimize and, me? And uh. You know, if you if you if you sit on the the optimization, it feels like somebody else is optimizing it. <laughs> uh, this week, we talked about the billionaire space race with Dwight from Eat the Rich. Uh, it was a great conversation, so do check that, that was out. A great episode. Um, yeah. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.